I'm Megan Lawrence, and welcome to the Wild Leaders Podcast. Wild stands for Whole and Intentional Leader Development, and in this episode, you'll be listening to one of our Wild Conversations. Wild Conversations are interactive virtual experiences every Friday for one hour with leaders from around the country. It's no cost to join or attend, and you can sign up by visiting wildleaders.org backslash wildconversation. You can also listen on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please follow us and subscribe. Wild Conversations are led by our founder and CEO, Dr. Rob McKenna. Named one of the top 30 IO psychologists alive today, Dr. McKenna is passionate about developing leaders and transforming the way we see people in our organizations. As he will tell you, we have the tools at our fingertips to invest in our people in ways that are meaningful to them and will get the results we need. 30 years of research has taught us how much people learn and grow on the job. We have what it takes to create rich learning environments for the people we lead, and all we have to do is begin to act on what we know. Thanks for joining this wild conversation. One of the things I want to open with is I hope to provide some, some maybe some structural tips and lessons that we have learned um, that'll be a little bit more block and tackle when it comes to what this looks like. We had a debate of whether we would be talking about quite literally leading virtual meetings or whether we would go more meta. And I think it'll be a little bit of both probably because I like also to say like, tell me what to do, Rob, uh, give me some, give me some thoughts, but I, I'm going to give you my thoughts. And then as I walk through this content and you get into out, of, out to discuss this, just, I would suggest maybe t- take some notes. Something will grab you something that seems like it's relevant to your experience something you might apply, um, whatever that is. One thing I, I think that is interesting that, that uh, our team has been talking about often with the groups that we work with is this question. Um, is our challenge with virtual, virtual leading, leading virtually, um, really about the possibility that we were never doing it right in the first place? Is this, is this something we're blaming on the technology that may have little to do with the technology? or maybe less than we're giving it credit for. Uh, so that's something to throw out there. I also, if you want, here's a little bit of fun. That was a little heavy. Here's something a little more fun. I dare you to put it in the chat. What, are the, what is one characteristic of the worst video meeting you've ever been a part of? So whatever, whatever you would say, that's kind of fun. I bet you'll have some ideas. Cause you probably, I've just heard a lot of people say like, just I'm in dumb meetings. I was with two different people who thought about leaving a team or a board they were on because of how poorly the, the meetings were run. So this is a big deal. This matters, like the way that we're structuring things. Here's what I also want to suggest to you that's kind of interesting. We do embrace new realities pretty quickly. Think about texting for just a moment. I'm old enough to remember when texting was new. <laughs> and uh, you think about it. I can, I know all my friends, so many of them were saying like, why would you write to each other when you could just call? We all, it, it's, my kids were laughing last night as I was thinking about that. They were like, why wouldn't you write to each other? And it's, it's interesting how quickly that was embraced. But do you remember, any of you remember that? Give me a nod. You remember people saying like, why would you do that? Why would you text people? But now it's so deeply embedded in our culture and part of it's because you don't have to talk to me. You just get to write to me and I don't get to respond so we can do things maybe a little quicker. And then the email, okay, it's all these interesting things about how texting and email were related. It's kind of fascinating. I want to introduce one thing that I'm going to be talking through as well. I'm really, I've always been fascinated by organizational culture. 
And, uh, and one of the greatest thinkers in this space is a guy named Edgar Schein, who wrote a book called Leadership and Culture, which is fascinating because he made this linkage between leadership and what culture looks like. And he defined culture as this. I don't know why I memorized this, but it's a, as a system of shared values, beliefs, and assumptions that have, listen to this, that have worked well enough to be considered valid. So it's interesting. He's saying it's a system of, of shared values, beliefs, and assumptions that have worked well enough to be considered valid and therefore get taught to new members as the appropriate way to, to feel, think, and behave in organizations. It's really interesting, right? It's a system of these of values, beliefs, and assumptions. It works well enough, so we adopt it, like texting. It worked well enough for some reason. We may not have known why, but it started to work, and so then we teach it to everybody else. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that as we think about what virtual culture looks like, what leading virtual, virtually looks like. By the way, he uses a, uh, a model of, I've always loved this, taught this for years to graduate students of culture. And he uses an iceberg. And you know that the fundamental like, uh, characteristic of an iceberg that people think of is that most of it is underwater, 80 to 90% of it's underwater. He talks about artifacts first, physical objects being important. That's the tip of the iceberg, thing we can see. Get closer to the water, and he talks about stated values. So things we say are important. But his big statement was, that most of what culture is about is underwater. They're what he calls assumptions. Things that we don't actually write down, that we can't see, touch, or feel, but these are the things that drive that definition. Those shared things, most of it we can't see, which is why over the years, people after Halleck and me have had a lot of work to do because people just hire us to come in and look at the things that they can't see. It's what psychology is about, right? So, here are some things. Let's, let's just kind of get a little bit more lighthearted, but here are some things. What is different about leading in a virtual context? And I am going to have you think about leading, for example, using some sort of technology like we're using now. And most of you will understand these things. So here's some things. In most cases, you can wake up, roll over, and jump into work. I don't recommend it. My son said that. Like, he just, he rolls over, he literally gets, he rolls out of bed and then just gets on a Zoom call for his classes. He's in college, he's a freshman right now. I don't recommend it. I'm like, dude, take a shower, do something for the, for the sake of other people. Uh, we can wear different clothes. I've noticed that basketball coaches, have you seen this? These games are on national television. Why do they now think it's okay to wear a sweatsuit when they're coaching? I don't know what's changed. Like, they were still on national television. Look at coaches. They don't wear suits and ties anymore. What is, what is, what's happened? I bet they'll never go back. Just interesting. Uh, we can talk. We can't talk over one another. It's kind of that's interesting too. Like the technology doesn't usually allow that. Doesn't work very well. You've experienced that. You can you can oftentimes mute yourself or mute someone else. Fascinating. All right, I don't know what to do with that. I'm not going to mention differences in the impact of bodily functions, but Steve Fitch already did, so I'm not going to get any deeper into that. But. You just read into that however you want. There's an impact of all kinds of things that we could talk about that we used to. I'm not going to go there. Okay. It's easier maybe to check out and hide in most cases in most kinds of meetings. Um, here's another one. Fake backgrounds. Interesting. What does that do in terms of assumptions? Coworkers in 2D. I, was, I saw uh, Megan and Daniel on our team at a distance a few weeks ago, and we, we showed up, and um, it was the strangest thing to see Daniel Howick in three, three dimensions. I was literally like, was like, kind of looking like, whoa, creepy. Um, so <laughs> just like, I don't know what that's doing. 
here's what's also kind of interesting on this bonuses. I wrote this down. Meetings were dumb before. Most meetings. If you don't believe me, go ask a guy named Patrick Lencioni because he made a living off of a whole book about it. So it's like we all we all were a part of meetings that were a waste of time before. And for those of us, in some cases, maybe that's continued. I'm not saying all of our meetings were dumb, but this is things that are interesting, right? Now imagine this. What would the world have been like right now if, if this had happened 20 years ago? 15 years ago. I don't even know what the timeline is. Before these technologies existed, if we'd had a global pandemic, I kind of think, some of you are like, holy cow, what would that have been like? And I kind of think maybe we would have just had other problems. It's, a, you know, but it's interesting to think about how technology has allowed things that maybe we didn't have before. So let's get a little bit deeper now. Now I'm diving into, those are the things that we talk about, laugh about, as we dig a little deeper into this iceberg, okay? Here's a few more things to, that, are, that may be different. Here's what's also different. We can see ourselves. Daniel already mentioned his example of him eating a burrito and never having seen himself eat a burrito in a meeting before. But, but that's a funny example, but think about it. What is it shifting when you can see yourself? Maybe it's actually increasing awareness in good ways, not just kind of silly ways. We don't mind if he eats a burrito. Actually, Daniel, it's not a big problem. Um, here's some other things. Over talkers tend to get checked now. Um, if, 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 a Zoom, if a Zoom or a, whatever it is, if a Teams meeting or whatever you're using, those people can still over talk, but it seems like it's a little bit easier if it's, if it's halfway managed well to check some of those people. We're face forward. Think about this. When I used to, we did a, when I used to go to do, speak at a conference, everyone was, was facing me. Now you're all facing each other. This is my greatest dream. I used to make students sit in, like in a circle. I would break all the chairs up and try to change the model. We're face forward. It's allowing for something. I, this is going to go a little deeper, and this is around some of the content in my book, Composed, but this is fascinating, too. I'm, I'm finding this to be true. People who were peacekeepers, kind of overconnected emotionally to others, are actually able to, to be more differentiated, to be a little bit more healthy as leaders or participants in a team because of the fact that this has kind of given them a barrier, in some cases, to the overstimulation of all the other people's voices that are around them. But I also think for people who are the other way where they tend to be over convicted, like just, they just bring a lot of voice, they have kind of, they're not naturally connected emotionally. But for those people, there's a sense in which we work with a lot of leaders who feel more disconnected. So I think that's another, another possibility. There's oh, so many things on this list. Uh, I'm going to get to in just a moment. Oh my gosh, there's good stuff here. Oh, this is another interesting one. Many of us are leading in a hybrid kind of context where we're responsible for some people who are actually face-to-face -face, and some people who are on Zoom. So is it, has, it, has it increased some of the divisions that we see in our workforce? It's kind of fascinating as well. But I haven't heard talked about that much. And then finally, this is back to some fun things. And I want to get into a couple other things before I'm done. Is this, instead of us going to the wrong Starbucks, we show up in the wrong Zoom meeting. It's happened a few times to us, okay? Our bandwidth problem with Wi-Fi is kind of like, we, we got stuck in traffic. So we're going to be, either way, we're going to be late for the meeting, right? But it's just a different problem that we're facing. So here are some things that, that I think also there's possibilities that have opened up that a lot of people haven't, haven't been thinking about um, and some possibilities. So here's one example. 
is that our team, our wild leaders team can be in three cities in one day. It's been fascinating. Like one, one day, I think we were in New York, Orlando and Los Angeles and then back in Seattle. And it cost those leaders almost nothing because no one had to get on a plane. I think the, the face forward piece is a, is a really fascinating thing that's opened up uh, connections for us. People have asked us all the time on these Friday calls, how is, it that you, how is it that I feel like these people are brothers and sisters in 10 minutes? And part of it's because of the architecture and being, and being able to, to connect that way. I think the, the interesting thing also is that the work-life disruption or that balance issue has become more of, a, more of an issue of collision. Like, it's just here now. You know, we got to figure it out. Like, it wasn't something we weren't dealing with. It. Well, am I going home or am I staying at the office? You know, it's, like, it's a little bit different now, as you know. This is, these are all just realities. But I wanna, what I want to get to is, is let's go at some meta. And I've got, I've got a bunch of Ps here that I want to go through. So I, I love alliteration. So perspective, purpose, process, and people. Perspective, purpose, process, and people. Let's start with perspective. Some of the challenges that we're facing, like I said, I've said already, are, are no different. Mindset matters. I cannot tell you how many leaders that we are working with who have this belief that somehow leading virtually is dumb. I want it back. And I'll say this again at the end. One of my worst nightmares is that all this ends and all we do is we don't learn anything and we go back to the same way we were leading before. If we don't learn something this season about the opportunities that are there, that would be really problematic. And so understanding and thinking about the potential that's here is really, really important. And part of that is just changing our perspective. And so it's taking a moment to take stock of the opportunities that are here that we did not have before. And I've already mentioned some of those things, but you can, you see opportunities as well. And that whole area of being in a growth mindset is critical in this because it's like talking about, talking about uh, Google meets as like, I don't want to do that anymore. And it's dumb is the same way as is a fixed mindset that says I'm either smart or I'm not. It's either dumb or it's not. Well, the reality is it has opened up possibilities for all of us. If we just thought intentionally about what some of those possibilities are. Um, I mean, one simply is we get to, I, I talked, it's kind of interesting. We don't dress for success now. Now we get to dress for who we are. I would suggest sometimes showering. It's just my suggestion, but I think sometimes that's important. But, but it's been interesting to think about changing our perspective, that our mindset about, about what virtual leading looks like is important. Because here's the other thing is that, do you know how much, I mean, we, we, those, these numbers are out there. You know how much money is being saved by organizations not having to fly people everywhere? And maybe there's opportunity there as we begin to figure out what virtual meetings, what virtual conferences, what all these things look like, instead of trying to force ourselves back into the old economic model to say, what is it that we could do better in this season? The second thing is this, and then I'm going to get in, I will get some of you are like, give me some, some real things to hold on to, Rob. I'll get there. But the second thing is this, is I said perspective. The second one is purpose. What we have found over and over again with leaders we're working out with in this context, when all this started, now we're deep into this, this kind of season. We don't know how deep it goes, but we could emerge is this, is that for organizations that, that lacked a clear purpose, 
this season has shown our roots. If you don't know, if you didn't know why you're in it before, you probably are less sure now. And there's never been a more important season to get back to why. Every single time we do a meeting virtually, we did it this morning, our team gathers to say, why are we doing the wild conversation today? We think about who's coming and we think about why. That, that grounding purpose, and we have a ton of research that's, that some of you heard about regarding how important that is as a strategic decision is to think about why. Now, the third thing, so that's perspective purpose, is process. And here's what I'm going to give you some, some, some of you are like, okay, give me some real things to hold on to, Rob. In terms of process, I'm going to let you under the hood of some of the things that wild leaders. I'm not going to give you all the secret sauce because then like you wouldn't enjoy it as much as you do. But let me give you some things that some of you have experienced who've been a part of this. All right, finally, some of you are saying. Here's a couple of things. Do you know when Daniel does the rules of engagement? Mike McAvoy can give me, because I can see you on my screen, can give me a nod. You know what I'm talking about? At the beginning of every call, he does the rules of engagement. That's not just playing around. For us, that's critically important that we set up this standard for how we're going to be together. And do you know why we repeat them every time? For some of you, some of you have been on this for months, a part of this conversation. Do you know why we won't stop, even though some of you are going, I, most of you wouldn't do this, but you know, there's always one or two that would go like, well, why do you keep repeating those same things? Because you're not new. We are, we are mindful of the possibility that there might be someone here today who's never heard before. And so the level set is, is one of our underlying values is that someone who jumps in here will not be scared away because part of dumb Zoom calls or because they're more introverted. So setting those rules of engagement to give them some psychological safety to be here with a, an amazing group of leaders that we want them to lead is important. Another thing, the pre-show. Some of you have been there for the get, get here before 10. Do you know where we got that? Cirque du Soleil. Any of you been to Cirque du Soleil before? You ever been in and they start the show before the show starts? When this season started, we had a conversation. I've always been fascinated by how the clowns are in the audience before the show starts. So it's like, because of this, we realize that 10 seconds of silence feels like an eternity in a virtual meeting. That's why Dr. Halleck is an, is an unbelievable MC, and I'm letting it under the hood. So no, like, don't start critiquing this now. You don't get permission to do that, because that'd be horrible. Like, well, Daniel, you could have been a better job of MC. But the point is this, is that is that silence is, is kind of has to be used very carefully in a Zoom context, but it is still an important tool. Oh man, this is so important to our, our whole process, but our work together with our teams that we lead is not just about our systems for implementation and operations. It's not just for execution, it's not just for sales, it's not just for driving, you know, for getting stuff done and producing this flyer or whatever the work is. It also it also needs, especially in this season, there's an opportunity to bring development alongside the rhythm of those operations. And so it's one of the reasons our, our team, we use the Wild Toolkit as our way, as it is wired into our meetings to once a month have a conversation together about our development that's right in the rhythm of our work together so that we will see each other more effectively than we ever have before. Did you know that when, when Claire... Some of you know Claire. When Claire Jenkins joined our team and we interviewed her, like, what was that? Claire was like last January? 
We'd only been to, we, I think we were only together three times before this happened. And it's given us, Daniel and me and the rest of our leadership team, a chance to know and see Claire by, by implementing a system for her development that we're also going through as well. Here's a bit of brain science that I think is fascinating as well that we realized we kind of tripped into. If you read uh, brain rules or any of the neuropsychology around meetings that people uh, can handle about, I think it's somewhere in the range of 12 minutes of content, 12 to 15 minutes of content before they need to process and think about what we're doing today. It's kind of been this rhythm of letting people process together has been such a, a tremendous thing. And I'll, I'll tell you one last thing on this. That that I think this is something that some of you could think about implementing to run team, to run meetings better is that every one of our meetings, most all of them, not every time, but most all of them have a producer, an MC, you can call it whatever you want and a content owner. It is very difficult to hold content and to hold group facilitation and going well in the same, in the same time. And so I'm not saying you have to resource it the way we have done that, but I think you may have someone on your team who is an incredible MC or holder of meetings or structure. You may have someone else who actually is, is who would love to understand the technology, um, who's, who would love to actually be taking notes in real time. That's another thing that's opened up is the possibility. If you watch Claire, she's probably taking notes right now as I'm talking. I don't know, but maybe Jim or, or Jay, I see you're there. You're like, give me a nod. If you've seen some Claire, some Claire notes come into the chat. Like, when have you had someone take notes for you? Unbelievable, right? It's so cool. And there's just some of the things that could open up. And then my final P is this, is people. Is that ultimately, this has always been about human beings. Leading virtually has always been about the people. And, and this is where that whole concept of why we're here together, about whole and intentional leader development, is dreaming up ways with the technology we have for the time that we're using it, even when we go back or we go back hybrid, how can we use this more effectively to see people and to also help people move forward and perform well? What would that look like to do that? Because ultimately this is about human brings bringing their whole story to their work. And what an unbelievable opportunity we have in this season to do that. Next is our spotlight from our live and interactive wild conversation. This is an interview with one of the leaders who was on the call for this topic and we think you'll really enjoy their insights. Thanks for listening. And Steve, it's been fun to get to know you over the last year, and I know that the virtual world, uh, especially globally, has not been something brand new for you. I'd love to hear if you could just quickly share with the folks on the call um, who you are, what you do, what your organization is, and I'd love to hear for you what was personally worth paying attention to in the content or the conversations today. Well, nice to see you all. My name is Steve Fitch. I am the founder and CEO of Eden Reforestation Projects, which is uh, an international dual mission or organization. We provide employment to about 26,000 uh, villagers globally who produce, plant, and protect native species trees in forest restoration. This year, we planted about 190 million so far, and uh, all those people providing with employment is a lot of fun. I think the biggest takeaway is being more effective in structuring the, the meetings. Zoom meetings can be just as bad as face-to-face. -face. You can waste a lot of time, and we don't have a lot of time. And take a shower. And take a shower. Uh, 
Rob says we're going to take showers. Hopefully, hopefully that order, take a shower, then yeah. structure the meeting instead of structure the meeting and then take a shower. Yeah, take a shower. I love it. Awesome. Uh, Steve, thanks for, for jumping in, in, in with us. Thanks for joining this wild conversation. If you'd like to learn more about wild leaders, visit us at wildleaders.org. If you want to purchase the Wild Toolkit, visit wildtoolkit.com. If you'd like to join the interactive live recording with other leaders, sign up at wildleaders.org backslash wildconversation. I'm Megan Lawrence. Have a great day.